So, shall we do the usual three, two, one? Yep. Cl- three, two, one, clap. Yep. Are you ready? Yep. <laughs> Here goes. Three, two. <laughs> you prick. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dark Natter, a local podcast for local people. Very good. That, it was that. It took me a while to come up with. No, it didn't. It took me about ten seconds. Um, I'm John Richter, by the way. <laughs> you just you just keep clapping. And I'm uh, Clafty McClapperson, aka Leah Martin. And we have to clap before we go on air to synchronise our microphones. And uh, Liam keeps messing about. Which yeah. Is, uh, yeah, childish. Very childish, P- but pathetic. you know what? I make no apologies. <laughs> good. I'm glad. Speaking of childish, no, that's not a very good segue. Anyway, well, I was what I was trying to segue into was the reason that we're here. Which? Why don't you go on? You you say it. You could introduce it. Fine. You want to clap? Clap away. Clapping, clap, clappington. Well, I don't know why we're here. Quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> We're here this week. Well, I'll tell you why we're here. We do a podcast where we talk about dark fiction. Oh, and yeah. one of us pitches to t'other. Aye. Uh, we pitch a piece of dark fiction to t'other for a place in the hallowed halls of the Hall of Pain. <laughs> that, was, that was good. And um, so basically... We take a piece of dark fiction, we say why it's so good, why it deserves a place in the Hall of Pain, and the other one decides whether or not it gets in. And so far, we've got 100% pass rate. Everything we've ever spoken about has <laughs> got into the Hall of Pain. Makes me wonder why we bother anymore. And there you go. Was that good enough for you? Hey, hey. I think our little role reversal worked out quite well there. It actually, did, actually. Yeah, I'm pleased. Thank you. And, and of course, the hundred percent hit rate is testament to our ec- excellent taste. It's Absolutely. nothing to do with the fact that we're biased and we're picking <laughs> our own things. But thankfully, this week, well, we can we can alleviate that that problem, that complaint, that criticism that we just pick all our own favourite stuff. So it's a shoe in because we've got our first ever fan request. Oh. We waited for 23 weeks or whatever. So, so, so was it one of your family members or my family members or... It was... It was An um, actual person? It was me mum. Okay. So what mum wants us... No, it was it was Abby, who I uh, have met in real life and is really nice. Um, 
who I know through my through my literary connections, uh-huh. but I don't know Abby's surname. So okay. uh, just Abby. She might be happy that I'm not revealing her surname, I suppose. But she I might. Only know she her. might be Abby. <laughs> we. She might is be she, Abby it, with it, is, she, is she somebody that they find that funny? I think she would. Yeah. Okay. I think, well, then. she'd probably be disappointed so far with her poor yeah. attempts at comedy because she's got better standards. But at least she's saying that if she's been listening, you know, this that's long, true. Then if she likes this garbage. Then, then, yeah, then I'm not so stuff. sure about that. So, uh, so I only know, I know her as Abby Editorial because she okay. runs her own editorial service, which we should plug at the end. Um, providing maybe sort of- that is her surname. <laughs> Yes, I've always assumed that's a company name because she does proofreading, editing, copy editing, all those kind of services for any aspiring authors who want to get a book release but want to make sure it's not riddled with errors. But yeah, perhaps that's just her name. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe she was born with that name and thought, well, there's only one career for me. It writes itself. Absolutely. Well, regardless of whether that is your real name, Abby, or some sort of alias, we are honoured to take your request slash recommendation and have a crack at it this week, this fortnight. So we hope you enjoy the show. And what exactly has she requested? So Abby says that she is appalled by the fact that both of us had, until recent times, had never seen The League of Gentlemen. Ah... So that was the local thing you were talking about. You see, a local yeah. comedy show. Um, so actually, no, and, and she's absolutely right, because it is a travesty that I've never watched it. I've known so many people over the years who have you know, recommended it and said how much they love it, and I love what these guys do. I love some of their inside number nine. It's brilliant. Yeah, you it's see brilliant. them You see them cropping up as well. Gattis, I think, has been in uh, like Sherlock and... Uh, sort of hosted things about horror Um, so yeah I mean love the guy's work but never never watched it for some reason I I, I can't explain why either especially nowadays since it's so readily available but no I just never got around to watching it until recently Exactly the same here. Like it's on Netflix, so no, yep. no, you know, really easy to watch. And and I love exactly as you say. Inside number nine, brilliant. I watched Catterick, the Vic Reeves, Bob Mortimer sort of one-off, daft, bonkers comedy drama. I want to call it where Reece Shearsmith was in that as Bob Mortimer's, you know, illegitimate son or whatever. That was blooming hilarious. And yeah, so everything they're involved with seems to be really, really good. And also, so so I guess maybe. To just uh, explain, the League of Gentlemen, in effect, is a pun on the fact that the cast, the very small cast of the show, is is all blokes, uh, pre- pretty much three blokes, which is Steve Pemberton, Reese Shearsmith, and Mark Gattis. Yeah, but in the credits, you'll also see another writer credited with with his writing efforts for the show, who does not appear in it, which is Jeremy Dyson. And again, even like Jeremy Dyson's done some great stuff. Yeah. I, Basically, I got into. I always wanted to write from a very young age, but I just couldn't. I just didn't do. You know, I wrote loads of stuff when I was incredibly young, and then I got a job basically and stopped writing for my entire twenties because I was too busy working in as an accountant. Um, <laughs> and then I got to. I was about thirty, let's say, and I bought or was was bought a book of Jeremy Dyson's short stories. To my shame, I can't. Oh, the cranes that build the cranes. It was called. Okay. And it was just a collection of like dark, short stories. Some, and I just loved it. I thought it was brilliant. 
so much so that it kind of motivated me to have a crack at starting to write a few short oh, stories wow. and then yeah seven years later I've written a, a few books and had books published and everything so I can almost trace me me sort of fledgling writing career back to that Jeremy Dyson book that I read wow. so yeah the, I think the guy is is brilliant and yet for whatever reason I've never flipping watched the League of Gentlemen is is kind of seminal you know his seminal work. It's true though, because uh, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of his as well. I, I bought one of his Hoovers. <laughs> How long have you been? Um, oh, mate, you, you kept talking. One. I was waiting, uh, was waiting to say that one. But no, well, I've seen, um, and I didn't realise this was him actually until um, sort of researching for the for the podcast. But he he co-wrote uh, Ghost Stories, which was a West End play, uh, which I saw few years ago actually with our good friend Hayden who uh, has appeared on Dark Matter before he he co-wrote Ghost Stories which has also been made into a film uh I wasn't a huge fan of the film to be honest with you but the stage show I thought was brilliant I thought it was really good do you remember it I saw it and it opened with like you're all sat in your seats waiting for it to start and then suddenly the lights went out and there was just this like <laughs> like slobbering terrifying noise came on like the, the yeah. I don't know the PA system or whatever did that happen when you saw I, it I can't remember that happening but it, it may have done yeah you sure that wasn't your uh, I was going to say your date eating <laughs> yeah, pork scratch I don't know I'm sorry I'm sorry um, oh you well you were probably asleep weren't you to be honest probably yeah the usual I, I think uh, actually it was so good I, I managed to stay awake the whole the whole show bloody hell so that is impressive that is a ringing endorsement. Yeah. But yeah, in spite of this all-star lineup of writing and acting talent, neither of us had ever watched it. So in preparation for the show, we have watched the first series of yep. six episodes. There are more series, and even I think there's a film, but I've, I'm told it sort of starts to go a bit shit and that the film isn't very good. And, and so rather than plough our way through all of that stuff, we thought, no, we'll just keep it concise. We'll just do series one. We'll talk about that. The one thing I did look at, however, um, is because one of the most famous characters from oh, it yeah. <laughs> is introduced, I think, in the start of season two. Yeah, I think he only appears in it, but Papa Lazarou. I watched that one as well. Yeah. I was like, hello, hello, Dave. Yeah, I was going to say that to you, actually, when we uh, started this. Oh, I, I forgot. we should have done that. Hello, Dave. Um, he's doing his, like, um, psychic reading. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, wasn't it? <laughs> But yeah, but but yeah, I've I've watched the first series so far as as you did uh, in preparation for this, and it was brilliant. And I yeah, I dead, think dead regardless of what people say, you know, I'll make up my own mind. I'll, I'll I'll watch the other series of it and and probably the film. I'm sure the film isn't great. A lot of these times when they do kind of make these uh, film adaptations of TV shows, they're not always as good because they yeah. feel, feel a bit baggy sometimes. Ali G and yeah. Kevin Perry and all that stuff. Having said that, when we were talking about this episode, uh, doing this episode, we were, we were going to talk about other sort of 90s comedies as well. And we were going to talk... We were yeah, gonna... it, was, it was a 90s comedy, wasn't it? It was 99, I think, when it, the first season came out. It was, yeah. Amazingly, I can't, I can't believe that. But yeah, it, it yeah, was twenty odd years ago. And um, we were also we mentioned Bottom to each other, and Bottom kind of did a <laughs> spin-off film, Guest House Paradiso, and I actually quite like it, <laughs> which is really funny. Yeah. yeah. So, like, do you remember? He's they changed a few things, didn't they? Like in 
So if I remember rightly, in, in bottom, you've got Ed, Eddie is Edward Hitler. Yeah. But Richie, does he have a surname? Or is, uh, he, is he just Richard, called Richard? Richard. He's called Richard Richard? Yeah. yeah. But then in Gesto's Paradiso, he's called Richard Twat. <laughs> yeah. but, then, but then he says, it's pronounced Thwaite! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should make... Yeah, the other half. I made her watch Bottom for the first time. Oh, wow. And she, she, she didn't mind it. She, I think she found it quite funny. I don't think my... Uh partner would like it i pushed me luck and tried to get her to watch drop dead fred and she that was a, a step too far that. i haven't watched that since maybe i was like 13 14 so i don't know if i'd still like it but i'm sure i would but bottom bottom i, I still watch i watch the birthday episode of bottom every year on my birthday has become a tradition which ones i always get that mixed up which one's the the birthday that's not the one, not one. one with jesus in it no that's the um christmas, the christmas one, one. Sorry, the, yeah, the birthday one is when he breaks both of his legs <laughs> And they end up having that party and he insults all the guests and so they give him the bumps. Um, is that like Spud Gun and Dave Hedgehog? Yeah, they come over for his party then he breaks his other leg and then he's in the hospital then they have a real party and then he comes home and uh, ends up insulting everyone. But that's, that's brilliant, that episode. Do you remember the one where they play chess? That's great and as they've well, got, yeah. They've like, like Eddie's pawned all the pieces from his valuable chess set, so they have to use so like... Yeah, you got like a Spider-Man, prawns. Prawns, yeah. Yeah, prawns instead yeah. of prawns, and like ketchup bottles and stuff. Yeah. And then they just, so every good. episode devolves into fighting, doesn't it? So just like so much violence. Yeah, he smashes the table on his toes and then like jams an umbrella into his groin. And, and uh, yeah, starts opening it. I remember getting the uh, bottom live actually for Christmas when I was about, I must have been about 12 or 13, and it was really, like, adult. But I don't know, my mum and dad just didn't really... They just knew I They knew I really found it funny, and so it was kind of like, oh, well... Yeah, what are you going to do? If you can't beat them, join them, kind of I thing. would never give that to, to my son now, even though I would probably show him bottom. I think he'd find that quite funny. Yeah, they and there's a thing about, like, comedies... So, obviously, bottom was, I guess, kind of early 90s, whereas this is late yeah. 90s. And there was a... I don't know, this is a weird thing to say. I feel like there was this period where you went from like... Because you only had, you know, four channels. So anything that was on was mainstream automatically because everyone watched it because there was only four things to watch. That's right, yeah. So then you got like cable TV and suddenly you kind of had, I don't know, like alternative comedies that felt a bit more arch and a bit more niche and almost a bit more, dare I say, like hipster. So like, just for example, people will probably send me, I don't know, hate mail... Like I've never really got into the mighty boosh. I oh, know I really like. I know I know exactly what you mean, and I felt like I wasn't in the in crowd to kind of get it. I, I agree with you to an extent, but I do actually really like mighty boosh. I think, in fact, a couple of bits, especially Papa Lazarou, kind of reminded me of mighty boosh a little bit. Sort of mighty boosh characters. I think they must have been inspired by. League of Gentlemen, because Mighty Boosh is quite dark as well. Yeah, it was almost like the League of Gentlemen heralded this kind of slight, this odd kind of very dark, because this is a dark fiction podcast, right? Like very dark, creepy, sinister comedy shows. Yeah. Mighty Boosh was one. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, that's another one. No, that's great as well. Do you like that? Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, Yeah, I thought it was ace. But um, and yeah, so maybe they did go into this slightly more, almost like intellectual kind of sinister kind of that, that became quite vogue for a little while. Maybe in fairness to Mighty Boosh, actually, I say they may have been inspired by it, but it looks like they um, 
started doing a stage show of that around the same time, so oh, really? probably unfair so to similar... say that it was inspired. Well, who knows? By it, but... Who knows? Who was talking to each other? That's and right. All yeah. these ideas kind of percolated, but so and so maybe the league. Well, we should probably explain what the League of Gentlemen is after you know we've only been talking about it for fifteen minutes. <laughs> um, it is. A, it's a British comedy show. Of, as we said, six half an hour episodes comprised series one, but it was. It was in effect. It's a sketch show. It is, yeah. With lots, of, you know, fast-paced change, lots of different sketches with lots of different characters, all played by this incredibly small, incredibly talented, versatile cast. But it did have some kind of on-running narratives yeah, throughout yeah. the series, like a sort so of structured like, sketch show, isn't it? Which was good. I like that because prior to this, we'd had things like the fast show. Yeah, which we all remember really fondly because it was just catchphrase, 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 yeah. catchphrase. But it's very when you watch it back, it's pretty dated. That yeah. I, I find it's not that funny anymore. It's, it's a bit like same with I mean? like Harry Enfield and stuff. Like yeah, you had Harry. You, a lot of sketch shows weren't there in the nineties, and they were yeah. pure. It was just sketch after sketch after sketch. Com, you know, completely. Separate from each other, and often, often it was the same joke. So if you watch episode yes, one of any yeah. of these sketch shows, they were really, it was really funny. And then you watch episode two, and then three, and then four, and before you knew it, you're like, oh right, it's just going to be these same sketches over and over again. And, and again, I, I, I loved Harry Enfield when I was younger. I loved yeah. uh, the Far Show when I was younger. So I'm not criticising these things at all. But this does like, like make a good point. It, it kind of is a sketch show, but it's got a sort of structure and a kind of. Yeah, the, the characters are moving on a bit, and the yeah, story's yeah. sort of you know some of it's just throwaway, but some of it is kind of progressing towards a kind of there is a story. It, and a finale. it, it feels like they've taken the sketch show, they've kind of made it evolve slightly. Yeah, I think so, and it's still got some dated things like obviously you know you've still got canned laughter, canned in laughter, there, or, and, that, uh, and I noticed that was one of the first things that really kind of threw me actually because you just don't see that that much anymore, no, do you? It, it's really unfashionable now, isn't yeah. it? I can't think of the last show I saw that... I mean, you wouldn't get a contemporary comedy show that's got, like, a laughter track it, on. And it doesn't need it. Something. I don't think it needs it at all. No, It'd be interesting to watch it without um, the laughter track, actually, because yeah. I, I just don't think you need it on, on this, but... No, really strange, weird, historical... Almost like a... It'll become, like, a very old-fashioned... You know, people will look like, what? They used to have fake laughter piped in over the top of comedy shows yeah. to tell you when to laugh. It seems weird, doesn't it? Because, um, I mean, obviously a lot of comedies nowadays, they still have, you know, studio audiences, so you still get that the yeah. laughter per joke. But, yeah, the can laughter now, it, yeah, it just really doesn't... It just seems like well. a completely different time, doesn't it? And I know. And that was what surprised me when I sort of re- when I first sort of heard the can laughter and checking out when did this actually first air, and it's like, Christ, this... Didn't realise it was that old. It's crazy to think how it's two over two decades old that when crazy, this first came yeah. out. Yeah, it really. Is. Well, makes you feel ancient. But um, well, I suppose it might be worth talking about just in the in the context of that kind of narrative. One of the recurring sets of characters that do have a, a narrative throughout that six episode arc is um, Edward and Tubbs, yeah, who run the shop. And they're they're probably the most famous characters. Yeah, I, like, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, they're the ones who pop up if you if you type in the League of Gentlemen, look for images. You'll see those two. They've got like their sort of piggy noses where they've had the you know the actors have got their noses kind of pinned up to make them look. Well, they're meant to be a couple, aren't they? A wife yeah. and husband, but they're meant to seem like they're inbred, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And 
I, I would I would agree with that because I think, like I said, we've never until recently watched this before, and I knew about those characters. I knew their catchphrases, so that tells me that they're probably the, you know, the most well known. The most well known. We failed to mention actually the setting of the League of Gentlemen is a fictional northern. I think it's meant to be set in Cumbria, yeah, um, yeah. town um, called Royston Vasey, which actually is the real name of. Very, very old, old school British comedian Roy Chubby Brown, who was, you know, knocking about and popular in the, well, what, the 70s, the 80s? I don't even know. <laughs> he feels like he's been going forever. He's, he's still going out. I saw him Is actually he? at, um, <laughs> when I went to see Bat Out of Hell, he was uh, in the audience, the, the West End wow. show. He, he, that is a throwback, so I can see why. Why they That's kind of a, it's, the joke, isn't the it? Idea, yeah, the idea is meant to be that this town is really, really dated and backwards and yeah. you know, it's it's all northern white people and they don't like outsiders and they don't like foreigners kind of humour, you know what I mean? That's well, it kind of reminds kind of, me where I come from, um, yeah, a place called too. Gloucester and nearby you've got like the Forest of Dean and there are sort of towns in the Forest of Dean where you know, with really bad reputations for kind of yeah. inbreeding. And uh, I'm not criticising anyone who lives there, but... You told me about the Forest of Dean. Yeah. You, you, you once said, which was endearingly self-deprecating, you, you said, like, I was the best-looking bloke there. Yeah, which <laughs> isn't... isn't. You're a handsome man. Isn't a good thing. Yeah, I, I, feared, I feared for my life, actually. I went to the uh, a cider festival, and I didn't really realise it was... Sort of rough as it as it oh. was, and Christ, there were just there were just fights breaking out everywhere. There were just people having sex, just not even like Jesus. hidden away, just literally just on the floor having sex. Oh my god! Yeah. And it, where it, was what's the where was this again? What was the address? I'm not uh, saying because I don't oh, know. Okay. But it was in the it was a place in the Forest of Dean, and uh, I'll look at. I'll make sure I get some tickets for when the <laughs> <Yeah>. lockdown's over. <laughs> Um, I, I like I said, I'm not insulting everyone who lives there, but it there are just elements of some of these places. Yeah, that were like, very familiar. And like, yeah, like I'm from Wigan, which is not again. It's you know that's quite a big town. It's not a complete middle of nowhere town. Yeah, but there's that you know the further up north you go and the more remote you get, the more completely white communities of potentially inbred people that mm. you know lived in the same village for decades and centuries and so there's just a lot of you could relate to some of the what was taking the mick out yeah, of absolutely and and yeah so Royston Vasey is and is Roy Chubby Brown's real name he's I've just looked him up he's 75 years old wow. still going still active and it, yeah genres blue comedy insult comedy sarcasm self-deprecation and political satire political satire <laughs> okay. apparently apparently he does a, does a bit of political satire and he, he appears in the show, doesn't he, as the mayor? The is, he? Town, appa- is, he, is he? Yeah. There? Oh, did you not know that? No. Yeah, apparently. I haven't. This isn't in series one, but in a subsequent series, no. he, he appears as the mayor of, of Royston Vasey. And, uh, and sorry, we went on a bit of a we ramble did, there, yeah. but a good one. But um, back to back to Edward and Tubbs. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, Christ. Yeah, we were talking about that. that was, yeah. League of Gentlemen, that was it, yeah. Three, um, three hours ago, that was. So they, they, they are. A couple that oh god, how do you even explain this? They run a shop that seems to be like in the middle on the outskirts yeah. of the village. It's like on a hill, you know, isn't it? Barely accessible in the middle of a kind of walking, rambling kind of hiking trail, I guess. And, it, and it's literally called local shop, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> called local shop. And so people always blunder in, Oh hello, have you got the directions to Royston Vasey? And you, Tubbs always 
expresses horror that there's a customer in her shop. Yeah. And she's like, oh, don't touch the precious things of the shop. Yeah. And then after, after creating this massive fuss where she basically accuses whichever <laughs> poor, unfortunate wanderer has stumbled in of, you know, basically trying to sexually assault her, which they never have, then the husband will come out and he'll be like, what's going on? We'll have no trouble here. Yeah. This is a local shop for local people. And she'll be like, this man tried to touch my whatever. Just yeah. ridiculous, fast. But... Quite quite funny, yeah. though. It is funny. It is funny. And, and, and then, then they and end then... up murdering them and burying well, exactly. them. Exactly, and then the sinister bit is they'll end up killing the person, and, you know, I don't know, crucifying them or <laughs> cha- you know, doing some sort of pagan ritual with the corpse. It's just really weird. Yeah, so that, that so I suppose just to explain if you've never heard of it, but well, this is kind of where the dark fiction comes into it because it is a comedy show, it is a comedy sketch show, but there's sort of thing, you know, like inbreeding, murder, cannibalism. I think the butcher it's kind of implied, isn't it, that it's human flesh. It's that human is flesh. Prevalent. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one actually. Well, I was going to say there's like you know we name your favourite character, but yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the darkest. Well, there's that vet. You know, the vet is really yeah. crap at his job, and he yeah. constantly oh, that accidentally was, that was kills hilarious. all the animals. When he, he comes in to uh, <laughs> put put a dog down, and the guy leaves the room. And so he puts the dog down, but then the guy returns with the dog that actually was ill that needed putting down. <laughs> so, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, have you been all right with whiskey, me yeah. dog? She's me, fa- oh, she's me best friend. Yeah. Anyway, here's the dog that's yeah. dying. Will you?" And then the vet's like, "Oh, <laughs> you might need to sit down. I have some terribly bad news. <laughs> he's just killed his dog." <laughs> I um, I really liked the um, the vicar actually. Yeah, the horrible vicar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything that... Is it meant? Is it a bloke or a woman? I can't it's, even it's, work out. I wasn't sure either, but it's, it's a woman, Reverend uh, Benice Woodall. That's it. So it's Reese Shearsmith playing a, a female vicar who's just really foul-mouthed and a, like, just, like a real chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Constantly slagging everyone off. Yeah. Like, you fucking... Oh, yeah, you're singing your hymns. Yeah, well, you fucking whatever. I just... There was one really great bit when she really like going off at the um congregation what about i can't remember what it was about what was it about well i don't know she's just you know saying about sinning going to hell and then it turns around and she's at the school talking to oh, like yeah. load of kids <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not the congregation it's all little yeah. six-year-old kids at school brilliant and then um, that was introducing the the um traveling stage show the uh, legs akimbo yeah, and they're doing <laughs> like the, the theatre company. The theatre company performing at school with their latest show being about uh, homosexuality, and just end up having this big meltdown on stage because one of them's leaving and one of one of them's got a job on t like a part on telly. Yeah. So he's like, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, remember when you saw this actor? Because he's going on to be on TV. Of course, he's probably decent yeah. at this level, but he'll be completely out yeah, of his depth, depth on the yeah. telly, and he'll be rubbish, and he'll embarrass himself, won't you? <laughs> and it, and it's implied that he only got the gig because he slept with the casting director, yeah. who's a man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just... Oh, yeah, well, it was good. My, my overall favourite character in it, on balance, I think is Pauline... Pauline's an interesting one. I agree with you, but Pauline was the one. So Pauline, just to explain, is the um, she works at like the job centre, 
And yeah, she provides the training to like yeah, um, for, the, the job, basically a load of job seekers who are looking for work. She's meant to be coaching them and giving them interview skills, but she's just an absolutely horrible bitch who's completely just undermining all of them. And all she wants to do is insult them and mock them for but the entire she, of the session. I agree. She's probably one of my favourites as well. But actually watching it kind of reminded me. It made me realise, oh, this is actually just a sketch show. At, and because, you know, yeah. it, that would be one of the sketches every week. And it kind of reminded me almost a little bit of Little Britain, which yes, which I believe came after this. I could be wrong there, actually. Uh, no, I think I think it definitely, it, I'm positive it did. Um, it feels but, like it did. Yeah. But... And, and I know what you mean. I don't like Little Britain. No. Um, not a fan at all of, I'm not a fan of David Williams, to be honest. I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't. I'm not a fan. No, I used to really like when they did Rock Profile before Little Britain, but carry on. On on UK Play. Yeah, that's right. And he was in, I suppose he was in that episode of Spaced, wasn't he, where he was pretty funny. He was good in that, actually. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, Yeah, he was great in that. But yeah, so Little Britain did come afterwards. But yeah, carry on, sorry. Well, no, I agree, though, that there were kind of, it had the feel of more like a Little Britain sketch. It did, yeah. But it was funny, so... Oh, that bit, do you remember the one where... um, one of the one so obviously it's a load of like job seekers who, who you know a few of them are kind of stereotypically sort of disengaged and not bothered and just not paying attention one of them is this guy called mickey who's yeah you know, he's got learning difficulties so he, he just can barely keep up and she's always talking down to him and mocking him and being horrible but then he sits next to this guy who's clearly very articulate and yeah. intelligent but yeah. just happens to be out of work and he's just completely offended at having to even be there and disgusted right, at yeah. Pauline's behaviour. So any opportunity he has to put her in her place, he'll take it. So there's that episode where Pauline is trying to um, role-play in an interview situation. Oh, and yeah, for some yeah. reason, she gets him to interview her. Yeah, and that's brilliant. He, though, yeah. he asks her a load of difficult questions. She tries and struggles to answer them. And in the end, he tells her she hasn't got the job. So then she just smashes him in the face with a clipboard <laughs> yeah. and like bursts and breaks his nose. Yeah. Like, oh, I had to rewind that and watch it about three times. Yeah, that that I love the job centre <laughs> stuff, actually. It is really good. Um, Any, anyone else who, who you particularly liked from the show? Um, trying to think now. Um, oh, there's that suicide... Sorry, there's that guy... You know, like the really depressed... There's that little crew of fellas who all work together who are like, I don't know, building contractors or whatever. Oh, that, to be. that's great, yeah. Yeah. He always I've, goes crazy, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, What one of them's clearly, his wife's left him and he's on the verge or in the process of having a mental breakdown. And he's just constantly teetering on the brink of either killing someone or committing suicide. And it, yeah, when you're trying to describe this, it's like, why is that funny? But it is funny because <laughs> you can sort of relate to it and it's just so awkward that it's... Like they go out for a meal and he's trying to get that bloke to, to tell a joke to, tell to a the joke, other bloke. That's right, yeah. And then he keeps interrupting. No, you're, you're telling it wrong. You're ruining it. And then by the end of that scene, he's got a gun out and he's got him at gunpoint. <laughs> yeah. You know, laugh, laugh. <laughs> and then they just go back to normal and it's all fine afterwards. I liked the uh, guy and his wife, um, Stella, when they went to the Italian restaurant yeah Charlie and Stella and he they're like clearly they're having like marital problems they really sort of despise each other but they're putting on this front whenever the waiters around whom they call Luigi who's actually called I don't know something like Ian or something I can't remember Steve or something yeah he's not and he's yeah 
you think he's an Italian, an authentic Italian, and they're like, oh, Luigi, Luigi, yeah. and <laughs> trying to have a laugh. But then as soon as he goes away, they're like, you fucking, I hate yeah. you. They're like, hey, Luigi, explain to me how you can lose 20,000 pesetas on the gambling sheets or that. That was, that was it, great, I like that. They're like, Luigi, please, please, save our marriage, Luigi. Yeah, yeah I did like those too. That was very good. There's loads of them that are like, me wife's left me and so I'm miserable gags. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah, a lot of like yeah. that same pathetic, pathetic man humour. Definitely, which, yeah. Uh, which, we, which we seem to really enjoy. I'm not sure which why. Which we can relate to for some reason. Yeah. Can't imagine why. Was that, do you remember that one when there's a bloke who's, this is just a one-off I think, but he's taken a group of like potholers down into a cavern, like a cave. Like, oh tourists. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he keeps talking, and he's like, oh, and then if you look upwards, you'll see the stalactites, and they're in a unique formation that's revered all through the north of England. And if you look to your right, you'll see the stalagmites sticking up out of the water, almost like a poor young boy's hands clawing (laughs) for salvation as he slowly slips to his death. (laughs) Turns out that he's like, someone died on one of the tours, and he's completely traumatised by it. (laughs) I quite like... um... So I suppose we say how it kind of begins, really. We're introduced to it by... I've forgotten. What is the opener? It's Reese Shearsmith, isn't it? Yeah, because he's sort of our... So often when you have a show or a story that's about a weird place, you have like a sort of an audience, whatever you'd call it, avatar. So like an outsider who is going to that place, so you can relate to the outsider and learn about it through them. And it it starts off... Benjamin. Benjamin, his name is, yeah. Yeah, he's is he there to he's, meet a he, relative or a? F- he's there to meet his friend for like they're going on um, like a hiking sort of holiday type thing. And he has to move in temporarily with is it his aunt and uncle? He's, wait, just stay in there one night, yeah. But I think it's his aunt and uncle. Um, I'm pretty sure it's his aunt and uncle. But yeah, his friend actually is the one who gets murdered by Tubbs and. Uh, yeah, that's it. Tubbs and um, Edwards. Yeah. Do you so remember he, that one when they... Sorry. Sorry, you carry on. Well, I was just saying, please. so we're sort of introduced to the Royston Valley kind of through this guy, like you said, through through his eyes, uh, Benjamin, uh, and he stays with his aunt and uncle. And I, I think their stuff's quite good as well. Because, again, that they're sort of like insanely house-proud and... Yeah, you can't like sit anywhere. You can't. They keep talking about masturbation and like you know if you're gonna don't masturbate in this house and but it just remind, not the masturbating thing. But it just reminds me of my own parents a little bit. Like my mum just oh don't we this is a new sofa you can't sit on it. Well, it's like yeah. well why the <laughs> yeah, fuck exactly. did you just <laughs> why'd you buy it then? Yeah, that's what we're supposed to do with it. Yeah. Don't <laughs> but, go, don't go in the living room because you'll ruin it. Yeah, but it's like well where do we live then in the kitchen? Did make me laugh. Yeah, that's and they've they've got the 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 uncle character. I can't remember his name, but they've done that thing that they do in a few with a few of the characters where he's got like really grotesque sort of. It's not makeup exactly. It's almost like. Um, what would you call it? Sort of latex kind of yeah. stuff on his face. So he looks really. He's got like a horrible, like jutting out cheeks and like a creepy smile. Looks like the Joker in the nineteen eighty nine Batman movie. Yeah, but yeah, it is like a bit actually. Quite yeah. a bit of that. Yeah, that's a good good uh, comparison. That creepy looking characters all over the place, and a lot of them have those noses as well. That's like, right. So it's sort of yeah, all, yeah. They're all related. Yeah, the Dentons, isn't it? That's the one. Yeah. 
Oh, is that what they call? I can't, yeah. I've forgotten. I can't remember. And they've got twins, um, which there's a bit of a sort of shining vibe to them as well. They yeah, that's true. Actually, sort of suddenly appear, don't they? They talk, talk, joint, speak at the same time, and never smile, kind of thing. Even though they're just little girls, they're really creepy. I did quite like that guy as well. Um, there was a blind man who came to sit on a bench, and the guy's <laughs> like, "There's someone next to you, by the way." <laughs> and then again, it's he like, just goes, ends up going crazy on the, on the guy. That really awkward. Yeah. Like he reminds me of basically my dad, in that he's he's very old fashioned. So he's obviously inherited, you know, grown up with loads of prejudices against, you know, whatever unconscious or biases. And he's desperate to kind of prove that he's really open-minded and tolerant. Yeah. But he just digs himself deeper and deeper into a hole. And he's like, oh, no, I, I didn't mean to offend you. I know you're blind, but I'm sure you, you get by okay. You've got that funny writing, haven't you? Yeah, they're sticky up writing or something. Yeah, yeah and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, sure there, I'm sure you can meet. You know, you don't have to be alone forever. You, you know, you'll meet someone else. I'm sure there are other people like you. And, and, and like, he, he I've can't. Got a, I've got a wife. He can't get his head around the fact that this guy's like watches TV and stuff. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh, you can video things these days. And he, 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 I've forgotten his name though, but yeah, I, I don't one. know his name. I'm not sure his name. He, I think he's only in it. Maybe I can't remember a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, funny. So yeah, I, w- I agree with you. I will have to watch more of it because I did. Like, I, not only did I enjoy it, but I find myself like I liked a lot of the characters, so I'd like to see what they get up to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, quite, it's interesting. Quite... I mean, we don't know obviously how it turns out, but yeah, some, sometimes when you get when you get criticism of, of shows like this, and you, you can understand why, but sometimes I don't always agree with. You know, people say, "Oh, yeah, it kind of lost its way a little bit." Sometimes I think when things get too popular, some people, especially cult. Things some yeah. some people just kind of turn their back on it slightly. So I'm always a bit skeptical. Actually, did it get crap or did you just get annoyed? Stop that, liking it because yeah. It, yeah, get annoyed that it became popular. And we've talked about that before, haven't we? Like how there's almost like a everyone starts saying what they've heard because it's kind of the safe mm. opinion to have. So if it becomes totally, generally yeah. accepted that this show went bad in its later seasons people will say oh yeah that show yeah it went bad and it's it's you know seasons two and three weren't as good when they haven't actually even seen it yeah so i will be interested to to see where it goes i i really enjoyed it yeah i I think it was great and i think it was uh, a very good recommendation from our friend abby editorial indeed hey i'm just just looking up abby actually online and it says she's from um she was originally born in a small northern village called uh god oh royce Royston Vasey. Jesus. Oh. This all starting to make sense. It is. And actually, you know, I said we'd met that time and she did she did invite me to come and look at her shop and try and try and kill me. Oh, where's this going? Where's this <laughs> going? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> hey, do you remember speaking of tubs? Do you remember when they crucified that chimp and then put a pig's head on yeah. it? Yeah. Because there's that bit where the bit, the... those those people. That's another one of the narratives, isn't it? There's people trying to build a new road. Yes, through, that's right. That's kind of the main town. sort of narrative, isn't it? Going through, through the, the series, yeah, new road, new road. Oh, what will happen when new road comes, Edward? And trying to scare them off, they make this kind of disgusting effigy that is part 
pig they've bought from the butcher's pig's head and part chimp that they've abducted from that bloke who has a, who has a, a, zoo, a zoo on a roundabout. roundabout yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so you get this crucified monster with like a pig's head sewed onto a chimp's body <laughs> and then they take it, the police take it to be autopsied and they get that, that like, sort of scientist turns up and he's like, oh, I've seen life <laughs> oh, yeah, red, that's great, red yeah. in tooth and claw and then he sees it and he immediately <laughs> spews up inside his biohazard mask. <laughs> yeah. And then and then they're just about to do it. I think they make some big, you know, like, oh my god, this is a new life form. Yeah. And then they get the call that a chimp has gone missing from the uh, the local zoo. Oh, very good. We're laughing about a chimp being abducted and murdered. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you another really disgusting bit as well, which is I think it's in the same episode actually. When um the twins wanna play with uh, Benjamin when the the, oh. the Dentons have gone out and they're they're throwing <laughs> yeah. the frogs around and he's blindfolded and then he the the Dentons come back and one of the frogs is like on the heater and the other it's one like, he steps on and it's all like sort of melting into the, it's just really uh, and it shows a really grotesque. long close up of this toad yeah. this rare prize to, beloved prize toad of his uncle like melting into the heater and yeah, like green it's like, it's like bubbling as well it. yeah <laughs> it looks like something from gremlins <laughs> hey gremlins we've never done gremlins have we yeah, we could uh, make put it on the list it's on the list i think season 2 season 2 mate season 2 well but maybe we should make our final decision on whether the League of Gentlemen merits a place in the Hall of Burn. And then we could um, detail our plans for upcoming episodes. Maybe. Okay. Just Let's to tantalise the listeners. Yeah. I love that idea. Lovecraft. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will love crafting those episodes with you. I twin that. Maybe we should give people a sneak peek. Oh, oh, very well. good. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, listen, we don't want them to lynch us. <laughs> um, so raise your hand if you think that the League of Gentlemen deserves a place in the Hall of Pain. There you go. It's unanimous. It's unanimous. It's your hand up. Mine's up. Mine, is, mine, mine is up. Yeah. It's in. Excellent. Well done, League of Gentlemen. And Abby, thank you for, once again for your recommendation. We enjoyed it. It was dead good. Um, I can't believe it, yeah. Another one goes into the Hall of Pain. Wow. That is... Who'd have thought that 45 minutes ago when we started this episode that we'd have been celebrating the 23rd entry, I think? Yeah, 23rd entry into the Hall of Pain. The League of Gentlemen. Are we? Is it the three of them, the, the cast members plus Jeremy Dyson, is it, it them four yeah. we're going to put in? Or is it every character? So there's about 37 of them? Every character. Including Pauline. And also... Honoured. Check out their other stuff as well. Inside yeah. Number 9. We could do an episode on that. Brilliant. Oh, just the, the first episode of Inside Number 9 is incredible. Is it got, I think it's called Sardines. Yeah. Have you the seen one the, the um, one in the call centre? Nope. The like suicide hotline centre. No, not seen it. You should watch that one. That's that's uh, my favourite. I'm serious it, about this. I might go and suggest to me other half that we watch one right now. It's um, inside number nine. It, it's up and down. I think the first series is arguably the weakest one. There are definitely some episodes that are just a bit meh, but when it's good, it's really really good. It's great. 
and I admire anyone. It's like Black Mirror, you know, which is another thing we haven't covered. I, I admire anyone who can make a series of one-off stories, mm. all of which are very different, and you know that takes yeah, it, it, it's a lot harder because you're having to do everything from scratch every time. It's not like oh, you've just got some established characters and you just chuck them into a new situation. So yeah. good on them. Well, as we alluded to in our earlier crap puns, we've got well two episodes left before we're gonna. That's it, twenty-five episodes, and that will be the finale, the end of series one of Dark Natter. What Please a, tell me there's not a season two. Watch <laughs> <laughs> this space. Um, so two episodes to go. We thought we would do a couple of big hitters. Um, so yeah, episode but, but twenty-four. Sh- come on, gonna... surely we should do something that you know is. There's a chance it won't get into the Hall of Pain. Come on, surely. Well, we will see. We'll see. I mean, the next episode we're going to do Twin Peaks. Oh, it's guaranteed. Because we're both massive fans. But you never know, something might happen between now and the recording to... David Lynch might... might I don't know. I wouldn't like to speculate. To be honest, he could do anything and it'd still get in. Mm. Do whatever he wants. He's got a free pass from me. And then finale, big season finale. What's it going to be, Liam? H.P. Printers. Lovecraft. H.P. Source. Uh, H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, it's, I mean, he is, what What would you say about Lovecraft? He is a, his shadow is cast across the entirety of pop culture these days. If and you've ever watched the a horror film that's got tentacles in it, yeah, he, it's thanks to him. He's a shoo-in. They both are. Come on, give me a challenge. Or are they? And if anyone's got any suggestions, any listeners would like to write in, like Abby did, then don't bother because we've did she did she write in? Did she write up shop in two episodes? (laughs) Um, Yeah, she wrote in. She sent me a letter um, with a uh, via carrier pigeon. Actually, excellent. Cold comfort, by the way, is the name of the inside number nine episode. Okay, all right, it's, it's, all right. It's, 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 it's good. It's good. I might go and stick that on. But there are lots of the lots of good ones. Yeah, there are lots of good ones. Well, go on. Uh, no, I think that's it. I haven't got anything Excellent. more in the tank. Um, me neither. Do you want to do? Didn't we agree on an outro last time? Like a sign. Oh shit! I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was really good. As it wasn't good. It was terrible. But I feel at least we we had one. Um. Um. Okay, listeners. Thank you for joining us on this trip down Dark Fiction Avenue where we passed by the Hall of Pain and opened a door and let something else... (laughs) (laughs) I like Uh, it. I like what you did. Is that that okay? Perfect. Oh, I got real tickle, tickle in my throat. Then you've, you've tickled me as well. Uh, thank you for joining us. Come back again. Yeah, thanks. We'll speak to you in a couple of weeks for the Hall of Pain. We'll speak to you in a couple of peaks. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Is that it? Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Thank you for listening, everybody, to another edition of Dark Natter. It's nice to close out with our usual theme tune for a change, as we haven't used it for a while. So thanks, as always, to Ross Budgeon for the creepy synth sounds. 
If you enjoyed the show and want to support us, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on your podcast listening service, or even better, by telling your friends, family, and fellow dark fiction connoisseurs all about us. Please also follow us on social media, where you'll find us on Instagram at darknatterpodcast, or on Twitter at dark underscore natter. If you're interested in hearing more about my own dark fiction, which now encompasses crime thrillers, horror stories, and cyberpunk, then visit my website at www.john-richter.com that's J-O-N-R-I-C-H-T-E-R for more information, or just search for John Richter on Amazon. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next time for the penultimate episode before our season finale. Goodbye for now.